What is up? Welcome to Forefront 360, a podcast where we take you all around the intersection of the arts and the Christian faith. I am your host, Cody Schweikert, and uh, it's been a while since I've had the pleasure to do an arts review with mm. uh, my my dear friends, Nate Mancini. How are you, Nathan? Hello. I'm doing very well. Happy New Year. I'm very careful not to call you Nathaniel. Your wife mm-hmm. once rebuked me yeah. about that. Said, that's not his name. Yeah, that's not my name. That's not his name. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. I apologize, Megan. And I know Megan is a faithful listener. Yeah. Did did did, so, she, uh, did she say that? Um, it was not what I wanted. That is that is actually where that recording comes from. That okay. is your wife. Uh, I recorded that, and so that is exactly what I'm talking about. Hmm. Um, so uh, Nate or Nathan, please don't address him any other way. And next to him, in just a gorgeous sweater that was mm. pulled out of a thrift store by none other than the effortlessly timeless Richard. How are you, sir? <laughs> I'm great. I had forgotten about the uh, comments on my wardrobe part of the show. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's good to have yeah, that you're back. Thoughtful. Yeah. You're yeah. a thoughtful dresser, man. I, I yeah. want to, you know... I. You're also petting a cat right now, like you are uh, Vito Corleone yeah. in the opening scene of The Godfather. Too bad this so. isn't a video podcast. I know. I know. I, I'm trying to paint a picture here. And, I'm going to uh, talk about something Italian, so it really fits. It's <laughs> perfect, bro. You look, you look amazing, dude. I really do like the sweater. I wasn't teasing you. I think we're going to yeah. make an episode that no one can refuse. Amazing. All right, listen. We've got an arts review, so we just each of us have... A thing or two that uh, we've been enjoying lately. Mm-hmm. Listeners, if you've been around, you know how this works. We are going to start uh, with Nathan Mancini, founder, co-founder. Wow. Forefront. The founder of the yeah. feast indeed. Man, fa- founders starting things. Um, so I'd like to talk about a couple things. They're completely unrelated, but I'm going to try to relate them. So the first thing is the latest book by a friend of the show, Justin McRoberts. And his book is called Sacred Strides, The Journey to Belovedness in Work and Rest. And uh, this is just a, a wonderful book that he put out recently. It's a, it's a relatively short book. I'm actually only halfway through it myself because I'm kind of taking my time with it. But um, it's a book where his kind of thesis is that our natural posture is belovedness. So it's like you know, what we, what we need, what we seek and what we're kind of here to offer others is belovedness. And that that's kind of, that kind of has explanatory power for how we deal with our work and how we deal with our rest and how those things intersect. And so um, I'll just read you a little poem that he has early in the book that I think explains that. He says, my natural posture is not work nor is my natural posture rest. My natural posture is belovedness. Both work and rest spring from my belovedness and return me to it. And he says, at no point in these pages will you find me prescribing some kind of balance between work and rest. I don't think that's how life works or how God designed you to live. Instead, I'll point to and celebrate the natural tension and rhythm between work and rest that I've experienced and grown from. 
So it's cool. He's kind of got this this thesis, and then he tells these different stories that I think you know bring out different aspects of it, ways in which in his life uh, people have said things to him or done things for him that either demonstrate that he is loved and like that is what matters most. Like it's not his behavior or his accomplishments that matter to them, but just the fact that he's there with them and that they love him. So these really like formative experiences or sometimes people who have like said things to him that kind of indicate that um, him being loved is really not the most important thing that they're kind of trying to get something out of him. And so that's um, really helpful as, as we go through life to, to think on those terms because, you know, Jesus talked a lot about loving one another and actually like our love for one another being the way that others are going to know that we're disciples of Christ. So I think that by, by looking at all of these different examples from, from Justin's life, uh, it's, it's helped me to kind of see how in our interactions do we display love to each other and, and help each other to understand that um, it, th- this is not kind of an exchange of value, but actually it, w- the demonstration of love is kind of why we're here. So it's a really beautiful book. Highly recommend it. You can get it anywhere books are sold, of course. And um, I wanted to talk about something else. And again, I'm going to try to relate these two things. The other thing I want to talk about is a show I've been watching called The Bear. Have either either of you guys seen The Bear? It's on my list, man. It looks awesome. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm eager to hear your thoughts. It's it's on my list for sure. I stopped paying for Hulu a little while back. I had to like pick one to cut out because we have every service, and that was mm-hmm. the one I picked. So yeah, kind of a problem. So, Makes sense. It's on Dis- Disney Plus. Is that where I have it? So it's on Disney owns on Hulu, Hulu now, right? and yeah, it's a little bit complicated because like Disney owns Hulu. And so a lot of times you'll have the bundle that includes like Disney and Hulu. And also in certain territories, like maybe Canada, they're including Hulu content in Disney plus already. And that's starting to happen in the U S as well. So you right, might, yeah. you might have content on Disney plus that we only have on Hulu. Dude, that's what it is. And I've got to say, I don't mean to interrupt Nathan, but, uh, Netflix in Canada, guys. Superior. I'm, oh, my gosh. I've heard, I've heard it, that. It pains me to say it, but, dude, it is no comparison. There's just, like, classic after classic after classic. Oh, um, so a uh, conversation for another time. But if you guys are ever passing through, you might want to throw up some uh, yeah, some Netflix. Okay, go ahead, Nate. Sorry. <laughs> use a little use a little VPN and, and sign yeah. up for Netflix yeah. in Canada. Okay. What is it? Netflix.ca? <laughs> there you go. Everything, everything.ca. All right. That's a good, that's a good tech, tech pro tip for all you entertainment nerds. So, um, but for those of you uh, down, down South of there in the United States, it's on, it's on Hulu. It's an FX show. Um, the bear stars Jeremy Allen White. And, uh, I, I like, I listened to a podcaster named Jason Snell, who's on, on a bunch of sn- like te- tech and entertainment shows. And he always talks about the bear and he's like, yeah, it's a show called the bear. It's not about a bear. There's, <laughs> there's not a bear in it. Well, there isn't a, there is a bear in it, but it's only for like one scene. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> so it's funny the, the the bear is kind of a metaphor in the show, but, um, but it's not about a bear. Uh, the synopsis is Carmen Berzato, a brilliant young chef from the fine dining world, is forced to return home to run his local family sandwich shop, the original beef of Chicagoland, after a heartbreaking death in his family. 
So uh, basically, it's 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 this really fascinating show because it's so. Um, I feel like there are these interesting changes in pacing throughout. Sometimes it's super fast paced and it's like crazy in the kitchen. It's like one of the most stressful shows you've ever watched in those moments. And it's like really fast cuts and everything's going wrong. And then other times it'll be these like long sequences of just like pauses where people are just talking to each other and it'll just be long shots where just a a whole conversation occurs in one shot over the space of like Mm. five minutes. Um, so really interesting, like changes in pacing that kind of help demonstrate the emotions that are going on in the show, which is really cool. Um, incredible acting, but, uh, what the specific theme I wanted to talk about is, um, is that same idea of belovedness that, that Justin McRoberts was bringing out in his book, because basically what you learn is that Carmi, the, the main character has been dealing with the death of his brother and, you see the ways he's been trying to kind of revive this, you know, old family restaurant and sometimes is, is like completely spinning out of control, trying to do it. And in one of the the final episodes of the first season, he, he just kind of lets out and admits that one of the reasons he's been trying to do that is because he's been trying to fix his relationship with his brother that he never got a chance to fix because his brother's dead now. And so, mm. um, it, it's this amazing thing where like the thing that's been happening in the show, the restaurant, and that's like what you think the show is all about is ultimately like his vehicle for trying to, to fix a relationship. Mm. And so it's like, he's using his work to kind of like prove something or fix something or, or achieve something relationally in his life. What he really wants is he really wants to be loved by his brother. And because he knows he'll never get that, it's like nothing can work. And until he believes that his brother did love him, nothing's going to really work. So it's a really fascinating idea. And I think gets to some really, you know, really deep themes about, how we view our work and like how that interacts with our relationships with our family and friends. Yeah. Um, so I highly recommend it. It's called the bear. It's not about a bear. It's on Hulu or Disney plus if you're in Canada. How, how many episodes do you believe there are eight episodes in season one? And then there are 10 in season two. I've heard season mm. two is fantastic. Um, I think it just came out this past year. Wow, dude. Cool, yeah, man. I'm. I'm certainly gonna watch it. Uh, sounds like a <clears throat> like a well developed character, kind of rich, and uh, I love that man. Yeah, it's good. Have you heard the unsubstantiated rumors that Jeremy Allen White is Gene Wilder's grandson because they look <laughs> almost identical? They look so much alike. Have you seen this? No. Oh, okay. Um, like like, pic- like when Gene Wilder was his age. Yeah. 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 Particularly wow. in the new movie that just came out, The Iron Claw. Okay. So apparently they, there's like stills of from the Iron Claw where he's like a dead ringer for uh, Gene Wilder yeah, and people. Okay. And, and then someone started. So Timothy in, Chalamet is not, but Jeremy Allen Boyd right, is. Right. And then somebody <laughs> said a, uh, and then somebody like started an online rumor that he's his grandson. And a whole bunch of people like online like believed it until a bunch of articles were posted like saying that that's not true. Yeah, they they probably sure. they probably saw the rise of Skywalker and thought everybody had to be someone's grandson. Yeah, everybody's really right. to somebody. That's, oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh boy. Well done, Nate. Well done. 
Um, Thank you. I'm going to catch that one. I'm going to catch it at my at my leisure because it's uh, it's on Disney Plus Canada, baby. You know. Yeah. So you know when that good. little thing, that yeah. little that little star or plus or whatever goes over the Disney logo, you know, mm-hmm. in, in the arc, like like the Disney right. castle, and goes of course. ding on the plus. Yeah. Of course. Is that a yeah. little maple leaf in Canada? <laughs> How dare you, sir? Disney leaf. Yeah. <laughs> like it's how, not a little maple leaf. It is a big maple it's leaf. It's like, woo, boom, at the end, yeah. Mm-hmm. Just, just, a, just a, a quick little story, given the maple leaf. Um, we had yogurt for, for lunch yesterday, and the kids absolutely love yogurt. But we also, like, brought out maple syrup, quote, unquote, in case they needed it, like, to make the yogurt taste better. So we gave Lucy yogurt, and she's like, she tastes a little bit of the yogurt and she's like, Daddy, it's not working. I'm like, <laughs> what's it supposed to do? What's not working? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's like, I don't know. I'm like, the yogurt? Yeah. <laughs> w- what What do you think would make the yogurt work? The maple syrup. <laughs> she said that? Oh, yeah. like she's saying it's not good? Yeah, like the yogurt's not working without maple syrup. That's oh funny. That's funny. Okay, I'll give you maple Gosh, syrup. She's... That is good. Destined to work in a restaurant, I think. Pretty much anything is good with maple syrup. Hopefully Sweet or savory. Like the bear. <clears throat> Dude, I made I made waffles today, and by make waffles, I mean I put some frozen waffles in a toaster. Nice. Uh, but then I smashed up some blackberries and some maple syrup and a little butter. Oh, yeah. Warmed that up, drizzled it over some sausage and waffles. Oh, baby. Oh, my goodness. I am Canadian now. All wow, right, let's yeah. move on. Let's move on before I wander into an existential crisis. That's what I'm talking uh, about. Speaking of Disney Plus, they do. They, there's no real maple leaf in the logo, but they do dub everything um, and put it into a Canadian accent so that we can understand it up here. Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> speaking of dubs, besides the Bills getting these dubs out there, um, <laughs> I'm talking about dubbing D-U-B-B-I-N-G. Um, the... Uh, the thing I would like to talk about first today is the dubbed film, The Boy and the Heron. Good segue. Yeah. So you can, like like many Japanese or, or foreign films, you can catch The Boy and the Heron um, subbed or dubbed, so in subtitles um, in its with its original Japanese uh, performers, or you can get it dubbed by American an American cast. And I'm going to talk about the, the dubbed version because that's the version that I've seen. But yeah, The Boy and the Heron released in early December in the United States. It released more recently. Well, actually, depending on where you are, it's either releasing very shortly in parts of Europe or it released very recently in the UK. If you're not familiar with the director, Hayao Miyazaki, go back in the feed and listen to Zach Wazinski and my uh, discussion of Spirited Away, uh, one of our favorite movies. You could just, you know, scroll back a little bit. It's probably like... 15 episodes back at this point, but um, it's a good one. But anyway, um, Miyazaki is well known uh, or well praised to be one of the greatest filmmakers of all time. He's been compared to um, the kind of the Japanese Walt Disney, but I would say that uh, actually, I don't know that much about Walt Disney, so I don't know if I'm you know qualified to make this, but I would say that uh, Miyazaki is, is perhaps even more of an artist than Disney was, but um you know, and that's for another episode. But um, the the boy in the heron is Hayao Miyazaki's last film. Now he has said that he 
other movies would be his last movie. So we'll see what happens. But um, he's been dead before. Yeah, pretty much. But uh, but this one is is an absolute incredible send off to this man's career. So spe- just speaking of the movie itself, uh, the movie is absolutely um, it, it is a piece of art. And I don't mean that in like a trite way. I mean that as both a praise and a cautionary note. Because if you've not seen any Miyazaki or Studio Ghibli, which is his um, kind of his studio, if you've not seen Studio Ghibli or, or Miyazaki films in the past, I don't know if The Boy and the Heron is the best uh, first foray into that world. I highly suggest seeing um, Spirited Away or Howl's Moving Castle or Princess Mononoke as great places to start. Um, but that aside, um, it is the... The movie is largely autobiographical, so the the story, without giving much away, um, follows the life of a young boy during world or right after World War II, and this is Miyazaki's own time, and he, um, if in kind of critical reviews and discussions of the movie, it's been said that there are three different characters in the movie that represent three sides of Miyazaki as a man in his life and as a creator. And also, th- the three kind of main characters also represent the three men that founded Studio Ghibli decades ago. So um, there's a lot of depth in the movie uh, for fans. So if this is a world that you're you're interested in, this is definitely the uh, the the cherry on top of the cake of Miyazaki's career. But uh, if you're new to this world, I I also recommend the movie because. Uh, Studio Ghibli movies in general are very painstakingly animated. Um, this a lot of the scenes are hand painted or hand drawn, and there's there's very little, if any, um, computer based shortcuts that are taken. So very very traditional uh, style of animation. It's absolutely beautiful. The like I guess grand grandness is a good way to describe it. There's there's very grand uh, imagery used throughout. Um, very emotional, very dramatic. Just a, just a really cool thing to see from a visual perspective. And then also, um, so, you know, Boy and the Heron, very uh, connected, very personal, very engaging storyline, beautiful visuals. And then also, uh, I'd be remiss to mention the fact that the English language dubbed version, so the, the primary version that's released in the U.S. and Canada and the U.K., has just an absolutely incredible cast. We got... Um, Robert Pattinson as the titular Heron. You got Willem Dafoe. Yeah, we got Florence Pugh. We got Christian Bale. The uh, just absolutely... Here, I'm going to look it up just to make sure I don't miss any big names here. But uh, it's incredible. And everybody, you know, just just leaves their their pride at the door. Like Robert Pattinson um, apparently wanted this role so much, he showed up to the audition with all of the lines for the Heron uh, recorded already in audio memos on his phone and he had already been working on all the lines and he had created this like iconic voice for this magical heron that acts as the boy's guide throughout the story and he just knocks it out of the park it's unrecognizable as Robert Pattinson if they didn't tell you that it was I would never think it was him so th- this guy like you gotta love it when your your childhood actors just like throw care to the wind and become like a kooky character actor. Like now that he's the Batman and the Heron, you just 
I just love it. But anyway, we got Christian Bale, Dave Bautista, Gemma Chan, Willem Dafoe, uh, Mark Hamill's in it, Luke Skywalker himself, uh, Robert Pattinson, Florence Pugh. Uh, yeah, lots of other great voices. But um, absolutely well well done, super well acted. Yeah, I just I just highly recommend The Boy and the Heron. I, th- I imagine that it will release uh, relatively soon uh, in the U.S. on Max because... Um, what was once HBO Max and is now Max. I don't even know who owns it at this point, but uh, Max is in control of Studio Ghibli's um, releases in the United States. So if you want to catch Studio Ghibli movies, Max is the place to get them. And um, Boy in the Heron, I'm sure, will drop there soon. So um, I Sweet. highly recommend that. Um, switching gears, if you know Japanese animation is, is not your thing, I can also say <laughs> another very memorable and dramatic movie that i saw very recently is uh the 2023 release um ferrari uh came out at christmas this is starring adam driver um and it's the story of enzo ferrari the founder of the company the car company ferrari and um (laughs) you know just in case you didn't know honestly i went to this movie with some friends not knowing what to expect. I know I like Adam Driver. I know I like to see cool cars. And I really had no other... I don't even think I had seen a trailer. Like, I really, like, didn't know what I was in for. And um, I, I I think this movie's an Oscar contender. Like, really, really well-made movie. It, it's, it's really a character study about Enzo Ferrari, his wife, and his mistress. And it's just, like... It's it's a it's a tragedy. There are many tragic turns that occur. There are many cool 1950s Ferraris. Um, there are significant twists in the story and really heartbreaking moments. And Adam Driver is just insane. Like he like Dude, I I've seen so many. Oh, go ahead, Cody. I was just gonna say Adam Driver kind of looks a little bit like this guy. Like not yeah. not exactly, but it's like. It, it's probably the best uh, mainstream actor we could find for this guy. Yeah. We'll have Jeremy Allen White play Gene Wilder, and we'll have Adam Driver play Enzo Ferrari. Yeah, it'd be perfect. I mean, I I heard he's his <laughs> grandson, so. No, yeah. he is. That's totally true. Oh, right, I read right, it right. Uh, in a meme. Right. In a meme, I read it. So. Yeah. Well, um, actually, one of the, the key dramas in the movie is who is, like, the heir of Ferrari is one of the key, like, you know, points, which is very interesting. But anyway. Like the social, yeah. social network kind of situation. Sort of. And and so the one thing that I will, uh, I don't want to give, like, really anything away because, like, I really enjoyed the experience of not knowing anything about this guy or his story and experiencing it, like, truly for the first time. So I don't want to break that for you. Um However, the um, I just I've seen Adam Driver in a lot of stuff. I'm a fan of him as an actor. I've I've seen a lot of his different things, and I lost him in the role, which to me is the mark of an absolutely incredible actor. It's when you forget, when you're a fan of acting and filmmaking, and you forget who you're watching. You believe mm-hmm. you're watching the actual person, and he absolutely does that. Um, in this movie, I like. So there were certain lines that he would deliver that sounded like him, you know, and I was like, oh, yeah, that's not the actual Ferrari. But anyway, crushed it. Uh, and then the last thing I'll throw out with that is they do a really good job making the, um, I don't know, I don't know what the filmmaking term is for, like, just the the general sets, um, but, like, not, not just the physical set, but the, like, sonic 
atmosphere and and everything feels so authentic to what I understand of like the 1950s in Italy. Mm. And it just really comes across. And even though the entire movie is in English, all the characters that are Italian deliver their lines in thick Italian accents, Mm -hmm. which sounds weird at first. Like in the first five minutes of the movie, you're like, okay. Cause they're like, you know, really hamming it up with the accents, but then you lose it and it really feels like you're watching them speak Italian after a while. And you, and you kind of lose it and you're like, Oh wait, they're, they're not actually speaking Italian, but, but you know, and, and it, it just really um, struck me. And I will also mm. say my last note on Ferrari, another thing, thing that's worth seeing too is there's a lot of things that we see out there in the world today, like in our, in content, that or unfortunately in real life that's just very very um shocking you know things like you like read the news about gaza you know or whatever there's a lot of shocking things out there and so i feel like it is difficult to be shocked you know in like a movie these days in a tasteful way mm-hmm. like like you can you can get shocked in a movie by something that's just like Heinous, uh, disgusting, yeah, just, just, truly uh, just horrible. shocking. Yeah, yeah just, just <laughs> right shocking for shock's sake. You know what I mean? Like, you can do that. Yeah. But um, this story is, as I, I looked into it, and I believe that the story is, um, you know, largely accurate to what historically happened. And there are two different moments in the movie that I was really, like, emotionally struck by. Like, I had a physical reaction to these things that occur that are unexpected. Yeah. And I just haven't seen a lot of movies that, make me feel that way in a long time. So, um, yeah, so I, I recommend Ferrari. Definitely, it's rated R. Definitely a movie I would I would not watch with your children. Um, yeah, there's a lot of stuff in there, but it's a good, good movie. It's, comes off as pretty real to life from what I understand. Would you say it was firing on all cylinders? Definitely, yeah. Oh, dear. Okay. Oh, it also shows you. It also, I didn't understand how, um, I, I had heard like inklings of it or whatever, you know, but I, I didn't realize how like deeply competitive, like Ferrari, Maserati and Lamborghini mm. and like these companies are as like families. That was really cool to see too. Yeah. Well, the craziest thing is that this is actually a sequel to Ford versus Ferrari <laughs> from a couple of years ago. <laughs> right. And, uh, In Matt which Damon's Adam's... Italian accent is incredible. Yeah, Probably yeah. a prequel, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Um, I think Adam Driver, Adam Driver played Ford in that one, right? (laughs) Yeah, he did. That's right. A lot of prosthetics. That would be weird. (laughs) That that Um, would be weird. Well, it sounds like they had a really good driver playing a really good driver. Okay. Oh, that, that, that just has to be done. Yeah. We're going to get kicked off of Spotify for this episode. You know, that's why he got hired, right? (laughs) Yeah. They're like, who, who do we get to do this, this race car? Great driver. driver. (laughs) I can drive. Uh, Rich, you said that you hadn't really been emotionally moved by a movie like this recently, but that's, that doesn't count Predator that night. We got snowed in at my place and watched Predator, right? You were moved by that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're right. And and when I say, you know, a movie hasn't moved me like that in a while, I, I'm respecting the fact that Predator is from, you know, 40 years ago or so, yeah, which was right. quite a the, while ago. <laughs> the Kind of the most emotional films of all time, you know, Terminator, Predator, you know, sure. like um, rich texts. Yeah. Well, what's the one about the vampires in L.A.? Lost oh, Boys or uh, something? Lost Boys. Lost Boys. That's At, right. The best movies ever made, I'd say. 
Well, if we had to send three films to space for posterity's sake, for humankind to be remembered, those are probably the three that we'd all unanimously select. I but, agree. Uh, let's well, Terminator uh, Two. Terminator Two. T two. Yeah, 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 yeah. No doubt. With no the doubt. melting guy. <laughs> yeah. Do we need the melting guy? Those special <laughs> effects designers. Yeah. yeah. Hey, listen. Uh, I've got one last one last thing to share here. We watch a lot of movies. It's winter for eight months, so I actually was yeah, in Houston, the United Houston, States. Houston, our ledge is down here. You, we know you're listening, Houston, in, te- in Texas, being like, what? Yeah. Anyway, sorry. What Go ahead. Heck? Go ahead. Why are they, why are they fraternizing, fraternizing with this? Oh, yeah. He does have uh, that I'm accent, sure. too. He does. Uh, Houston, <laughs> that's cool. I still have to meet you, Houston. I, I look forward to chatting with you soon, bro. I'm just like, mocking. Always his, good to make yeah. fun of people you haven't met. He's kind of like, yeah, pro- right? like the prospector in Toy Story 2. What's, I'm just what's kidding. Go ahead. Go me. ahead. What is wrong with me? Um, so I actually was in the United States uh, a few days ago. They still let me in the country. I've got a U.S. passport. And uh, my wife and I had a nice little Christmas here in Canada. And then... Mm-hmm. Uh, we went to New York City because uh, another friend of the show, uh, one Stasha Halleck and his lovely family were uh, going to Syracuse, I believe, to see their family for the holidays. Long story mm-hmm. short, the place in Brooklyn was open and available. Wow. Michelle wow. and I dro- drove down. We stayed there for a few nights. It's like one of her favorite cities in the world where we're gallivanting around Manhattan for 12 hours at a time and we get mm-hmm. back and uh sasha's apartment had a, a few copies of a journal called image mm-hmm. okay okay um i've been on their website a bunch that the online journal portion but this is the first time sasha apparently is a an og and he's just got the subscription the print subscription mm-hmm. he's he's rolling in all that dough from uh you know, big time artist now. It's just, yeah. Um, from putting, so putting I, paint to canvas. Yeah. Right. And I, I, he actually has a gallery up, which was sick because I went to go to cat's deli, which is a iconic Jewish deli in Manhattan. And, uh, was just eating this monstrous sandwich with my wife. It's like four pounds of pastrami on this sandwich. And then all of a sudden, like I, Sasha texts me, he's like, "Hey, bro, you should stop by my gallery." And it was around the corner, so it was perfect. Anyway, I got to see Sasha's beautiful gallery. He's got some awesome work up there, um, and uh, so he's doing well. I'm reading this journal, and I'm like, "This is the big leagues." This, you know, I just look at the print, the copy. It's a gorgeous uh, volume, and I start flipping through this thing, and I discover a new poet. And when I find a poet that I like, because I'll be honest, there's probably 50% of poetry I read. I'm out after the first stanza sometimes. Yeah, I have I, and I, I have no shame in doing that because there's so many poets. There's so much poetry. And I'm never going to get to all of it. So I'm like, I'm not really going to waste my time on something I'm not vibing with. It doesn't mean it's bad. It's just I've got a certain taste, right? So anyway, uh, this uh, woman, Marianne Corbett, catches my eye. Um not the woman, the poem that she wrote. To I, that, that name actually rings a bell. I feel like I've maybe come across. She's kind too. of a big deal, I guess, because I've done some research. She's on uh, the Poetry Foundation website. That's kind of how I oh, gauge cool. who is, you know, legitimate, which then I look for Dr. Ben Myers and he's not up there, which is a travesty of uh, American culture. I mean, mm-hmm. we need to get Ben Myers. They probably on. asked him if he wanted to go on and he was like, no, nah, I don't need the platform. Nah. Yeah. My poetry is for 
my Oklahoma brethren. That's yeah. probably what he said. He's a man of the people. That's right. Anyway, uh, Marion Corbett. <laughs> I can't say that. Um, so uh, she. Anyway, I just thought I'd read this one poem in particular that she had in this uh, this recent edition of Image, and uh, it's it's my dream to publish something there someday. Um, but as I flip through, I'm like, man, this is really high quality. I got to step my game up. So it might be some time before I, I make it happen. Um, cause this is the stuff I'm competing with. This is, uh, you guys mind if I read it? It's pretty short four stanzas. I think I'd love to hear. Um, cool. Um, it's also dark a little bit, but it's, you know, it's Cody here. So don't be too surprised by the, the, the gory end here. Uh, This is Memories in Old Age by Marianne Corbett. From the desert of a sleepless 3 a.m. or out of the thicket of some mindless task, they ambush. There is no escaping them. The wraiths of my old faults. Times when the mask of loving kindness dropped at the dead blow of fear. Times I was bloody-minded, brusque. It shrivels me that I see them only now, a realization with the acrid smell of distant fires, a sudden pang as though someone I injured waiting for me in hell to have his recompense for that old wound already sinks his cracked teeth in my skull. So pretty dark, oh, that's uh, the end. but wow. yeah, that's the end. Yeah. Um, that is that is the whole poem, and again, it's it's dark, and it's like, whoa, this is a Christian journal. Like, what are we doing? The speaker is apparently going to hell, and you know she's made all these mistakes. And again, I, I think we have to be careful when reading poetry. First of all, it's not always that uh, the I always means the author necessarily in a poem, right? But um, I think what struck me is just how honest and real it is, and I love the way that it plays with time. So the title again is Memories in Old Age. So, you know, it's when yeah. you're yeah, in the middle of the night, 3 a.m., or you're doing some mindless task, and these things that happened decades before flood back into your mind, right? And only after you've grown up and you've grown in wisdom and godliness and humility, only then do you really realize the gravity of how foolish and hurtful you are as a younger person, right? So this is clearly somebody who's like reflected on uh, her life and the mistakes she's made and has just been horrified by, 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 yeah, w- what she's done. But um, what I, I, what I think I respect about the poem is how there's, there could be easily be another stanza that is like, I've made these terrible mistakes and I deserve to be punished, but thanks be to God that, you know, Christ was punished for me and I'm not going to hell. I'm going to heaven. Um, you know, we believe in our faith that that is true and that is, um, really an important part of the story and a really important part of the stanza of our faith. But as far as like a work of art that really just grapples with the, the weightiness of depravity and the consequences of sin, um, I think it's pretty effective without that last stanza of hope. Um, so I, I respected how bold it was and it, it wasn't didactic and it's something I'm trying to do better as I write my own stuff. Um, not, not creating art that's hopeless, but also creating stuff that is raw and, uh, effective. 
So I'm trying to navigate that in my own stuff. And I just like the way that uh, she did it here. And she's got a couple other cool ones that I read today. But um, if, if you if you liked what you heard, you can check them out yourself. Marianne mm. Corbett. Is that C-O-R-B-E-T-T? C-O-R-B-E-T-T. That's right. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, But the image journal is sick, man. I don't know if you guys ever seen one of these print copies. It looks really good. They do yeah. a good job over there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I'm also a big fan of another print uh, journal called Dappled Things. Mm-hmm. It's a really good one. Mm. Yeah, that's a big one. I do a lot of stalking online of uh, like Christian poets that I like, not like stalking them as individuals, like real people, but just uh, I read their bios is what I mean. And yeah. uh, they often mention like where they've been published, right? So it's kind of how I find out about places and uh, dapple things, ecstasis mm-hmm. and relief, image, all these mm-hmm. places is this whole world. But uh, anyway, yeah. that's what I've been toying with. I haven't seen as many movies as i'd like um but uh i'll catch up with those soon kids these days you know they're not watching enough movies they're reading too many literary journals yeah that's the problem (laughs) that's not usually my problem it's usually the opposite (laughs) i will tell you i'm teaching a civics class uh to end the the first semester of the school year some 10th graders and uh we watched the dark knight and a lot of them had not seen it before and it was fantastic to watch them watch Heath Ledger's The Joker for the first time. It was incredible. Um, They're like, oh, this came out when I was two. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Well, anyway. What, what year did that come out? It was 2008. So if they're Eight. 10th graders, yeah, they were one. That's crazy. crazy. My freshman yeah. was born in 08, 09. But I was very strict. I was like, listen, if we're watching a movie in class, that doesn't mean like class is a blow off now. You just go on your phone. If I'm showing you this film, I think it has purpose and me- it's meaningful. That's why we're watching it. So when I saw them like texting on their phone in the back, I stood up on my desk and I was like, put your phone away. <laughs> nice, you know? nice. And uh, had a lot of fun with it. So yeah. I love that. We all need a classroom vengeance night yeah. to take away the phones. Some some yes. kid leaves the room and you're like, where is he? Yeah, it's like, where is he? Where is she? I swear I'll do my homework. <laughs> swear to me. <laughs> where did um where uh did you hear in Quebec they uh they banned all phones in classrooms? God there bless them. Quebec, nice. I should say, not Quebec. Love it. God bless Canada. Yeah, yeah. Quebec. Land that I love. <laughs> well, Quebec would not want to be associated with Canada. Oh, that's true. There you go. Not yeah. a thing I was aware of before I moved here. Yes, yes. A whole a, a different podcast, perhaps. Yes. Uh, gentlemen, final thoughts, final words. As as the kids were you know getting on their jackets and leaving, were you like, nice coat? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not the one wearing Adidas pants. Nice, yeah. nice. No, um, yeah, exactly. I, they don't think I'm very. They don't think I'm very funny, so I have to be careful. Oh, I'm man. getting. I'm losing my touch with these young yeah. kids, man. I'm like, no, uh, you gotta. Uh, they're keep losing. Fresh. They're losing their touch with us. That's that's really. <laughs> that's right. You're gonna have to start right. jumping over desks. Yeah. Oh gosh. Um, that's about it. We, uh, we've wrapped up another episode. This is a forefront arts review. We've, uh, have clearly have a lot of fun (laughs) with each other. We'll probably stay on for another few minutes to chat, but, uh, we won't bore you with, uh, with any of that. Thank you for listening this far. We hope you enjoy the show. And, uh, you know what I'm about to say? I'm going to say, you know, please leave us a rate and review. Mm. You've heard me say it many times, but I know there's someone out here that's just never done it. Do it for us. In fact, a a lot of you haven't. A lot of you have and not. Many of you, yeah. uh, which we, yeah, which is clear if you look at the 
the stats there, but uh, you know we need your you help. Are. It helps. You know. You know. Pull over in your hey, car. It helps. <laughs> yeah, pull over first, <laughs> pull please. Over. Yeah. Uh, it just helps people find the show. That's all it is. Uh, we super appreciate it if you do that for us. Um, until next time, uh, keep pursuing authentic faith and excellent art.